to politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic crumbs, bringing you the news you can use as it pertains to the idiocracies in politics. I don't care if you're Republican, Democratic, Libertarian, Independent, there's something you can get from this broadcast. Knowledge is key, and the key to your freedom is knowledge. Vote. Don't forget to vote. Tell someone you know who isn't voting to vote. And don't throw away your vote. Listen to politics so you know how to vote. So you know how to make an impact and do what you gotta do to have a better future for you and your family too. Politics. With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic crumbs. I'm going to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do when it comes to voting. Get the information you need from this guy indeed. And that's politics. And welcome to politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Merc, do your thing. All right. Uh, before I get into the meat and potatoes of the day, uh, I know we were, we were talking back and forth in chat earlier about uh, the NFL and if it was it would, if it would be feasible to just make when I say our own NFL, you know, NFL is oh, like seventy percent African American, and even uh, and who was the sportscaster who called Jerry Jones a slave owner on ESPN? And I seen his face, and I'm like, I know that guy because <laughs> I don't watch ESPN like that anymore. But it's getting really bad, you know. The whole culture, you know, it's just kind of oppressive. And and I hate to hate to drop that word on there like that. But lately, I've been hearing a lot of people discussing like just making our own. And it's funny because you know that article about Puffy trying to get involved with it. And I was like, with what money? Puffy ain't worth that much money. Talk about buying NFL teams. An NFL team is worth like a, at least like hundreds of millions, if not like a couple billion, depending on the team. But you Puffy know, it was 493 talk- million. Which one? Puffy's worth 493 million. Yeah, and that's a lot of that's a tremendous amount of money, but it's not. But it's not all liquid. Money. He can't do it like that because it's not all liquid. It might be right. properties and this and that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, oh, and just to throw out since you brought in statistics, I'm not sure, um, like if that percentage is accurate. But I did. I was just curious to see what percentage of the league's owners are black people. Um, and as of 2014, it said. Um, well, this is actually, uh, I think that bad. This one is for the NBA, so it might not be. But, um, oh, I found one from 2011 that 122 teams won black major owner. And that's the end of 2011. I highly doubt that all of a sudden you jumped up from one owner to, you know, 80% of that. So clearly, you know, the power is, I think the power is in the ownership. So that's why I wanted to just throw that out there and see like what is the odds I don't even know what team that is but that should be interesting anyway and and my thing is this I mean if you think back to like uh, Negro League Baseball you know when they wouldn't let blacks play Major League Baseball blacks were just like you know what screw you We'll, we'll do our own league and they started letting blacks into the league, you know, after Jackie Robinson, because they found out that Negro League baseball was just highly entertaining. I don't think and, it was nothing like screw you. I think it was like, uh, okay, master, we'll just do our own thing over here. No, I don't think it was like that. <laughs> but um, but they were doing their own thing. They had their own league, and you know, and, and here's the thing: I don't know where they got the money from, how they got it set up. That part I don't know. But I know that they did have their own, you know, the, the Negro League, and then they got to be so popular they were stealing fans from Major League Baseball. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So could something like that happen again? You figure you had the USFL and it tanked because Donald Trump sucks. And it was probably going to tank anyway. But Donald Trump involved in anything is like throwing a drowning man an anchor. Exactly. Oh, you're drowning? Here's an anchor. Splash. <laughs> you know. And um, 
you had the uh, Vince McMahon tried with the uh, the XFL, you know, but he just didn't have the talent. At least the USFL had talent, and there were people like uh, Doug Flutie, Herschel Walker, you know, uh, I want to say Steve Young, don't quote me, came from USFL. So USFL had talent, you know, they just didn't have good management, and they were going up against the incumbent, you know, which is the NFL. And they lasted for three seasons. They made a pretty good run. But, uh... The reason I like our own NFL team is it, it will pretty much satisfy everybody. So for the athletes that are worried about being punished for asserting their rights, they're covered. Mm-hmm. For people that don't want to watch football and not want to have to boycott watching football and a pastime they enjoy, those people are covered. For people that want to support a cause, just to kind of say fuck you to to the NFL because I don't normally indulge, those people are covered. Like I just feel like it's a win-win-win for everybody. It'll but, take no. time to grow. Like granted, those players aren't going to make money the way that they were making it in the NFL because it'll take time to grow. But I just feel like it, it's a good look. Yeah, and my thing is this: you know, I'm more worried about. Uh, the whole thing about their safety and I know maybe I'm getting old you know and like you love seeing like the big hits and stuff like that like I grew up in pro wrestling and when you learn more about pro wrestling as far as the consequence of the players what happens to them you know and you had like Rey Mysterio Jr. had like multiple surgeries on one knee and these cats are always in pain and they're addicted to painkillers because they I mean they do stuff like day in and day out, traveling all over the place. You know, think about being a stuntman in a movie every week for like 10 years and the effect it has on your body. And with football, it's like that. I mean, I know they only play a few months a year, but it's it's a punishing few months. And I would hate to have a moral victory of having a league and then still have the same effect, which is having all these players end up with brain damage when it's all said and done. Yeah, but like, I mean, who say our shit doesn't make it less than, first of all, these players are out here getting hurt anyway. Let's be clear about that. And then being disposed of once they retire. So, I just feel like, and I just feel like just because it's going to be a black thing doesn't mean it's going to be less safe or less anything. If anything, it's going to be more of just because we have to have shit in place to make sure that it's not you that way. Yeah. I mean, when, when Junior Seau committed suicide, I, I didn't understand. Because I'm like, it's Junior Seau, he's a Hall of Famer, you know? And then once you hear more about the whole, you know, with the brain damage thing and how it affects the centers of the brain where, you know, like an extreme case in, in wrestling was Chris Benoit. He had that same brain condition that these NFL players have, and he ended up killing his whole family and himself. You know, it's a serious, it's a serious thing, but I would like to see them work on that first, you know, because, but that's just me. But I mean, do I think that something like that would be feasible if you had the money? I mean, the money, I don't think is an issue. You could probably get people to raise the money. It's about getting the talent. Because USFL wouldn't have lasted that long without the talent. Nah, they'll definitely have the talent. I'm not even, no, I'm not even anywhere near concerned about that. The talent isn't an issue. The only thing I was thinking about logistically is the money would be an issue um, because I know that there would be backlash. So, because white people are petty too. I was saying this in the group chat. Black people are petty, so people like me will just start watching games and buying tickets to games just to be petty, just to contribute to the cause <laughs> I have the intention of really going. So, why do you equally but petty? pettiness only lasts so long, and a, a league can't survive on pettiness. And you know what? But I would be willing to take ownership of that especially until it grows. Once it grows to the point where people who initially fought against the the true NFL, the Negro Football League, um, once, once those people start buying into it because they don't really have anywhere else to watch or all the talent has been um, pulled away from the National Football League, then yeah, like I think I would people like me would call back. Like I would keep doing it as long as it's 
being invested in. But I was just going to say, white people are, are even more penny when it comes to their money. So let's say Beyonce puts her money into starting this league um, and then, you know, owns several people, whatever. I don't know how, how it actually works. But I do know that people would say, corporate sponsors would then say, hmm, well, since she's behind that, let me go ahead and make sure I'm not funding this. So if she's working with Pepsi, for example, then Pepsi might say, I'm not going to work with her anymore. And that's another thing that I'm thinking about, like the backlash from the people who invest and put their faces and their neck and their money and checkbooks online. So obviously I would say for those people, it would be best to do it, basically have some sort of corporation and say that the corporation, you know, owns the team and then you don't really know who's behind it. Right. Well, you figure it like this, you know, and and both uh, you and Blue bring up good points because you figure, yeah, the corporation thing does matter because uh, advertisers want to put their money into a product that they're going to get a return on. And they also don't want to, they don't want trouble because like with the NFL right now, right? You have people like uh, my friends who are boycotting the NFL. So they're not watching the NFL. They're not going to sports bars to watch it. They're canceling their NFL packages. And then you have other people who are saying, well, you know, well, they won't, they're kneeling for the flag. So, I mean, for the national anthem, so I'm not going to watch it. And then they'll go see Kid Rock in concert. And then he has an American flag as a goddamn poncho that he just poked a hole in and just stuffed his head in it. You know, they, they don't really get it. And I think that sort of thing, like what Blue said about, you know, the petty only lasts for so long, you know. It, but as far as, you know, the spot, put it like this. Even with, uh, what was it, HB2 in North Carolina, Pat McCrory wasn't listening to the people. Pat McCrory didn't listen until the corporations started pulling out. You know, and then all of a sudden he wanted to to, to deal because the people he didn't really give a shit about the people. So when the when the corporate sponsors started pulling away, that's a thing. Bill O'Reilly been a sex offender for like twenty five fucking years. Nothing happened to Bill O'Reilly until the sponsors started pulling out. Same thing with mm-hmm. the, same thing with Rush mm-hmm. Same thing with Glenn Beck. When the when the corporations start to pull out, that's when you're in trouble. So. In this case, the corporations could keep the whole thing from starting, you know, if not enough sponsors uh, sign on. So it, it would be it's doable, but it would be tough. And you'd have to find a way to either get enough corporate sponsors to sign on or find a way to do it without them. And that, and that would be the tough part, especially if they're not getting the viewers. But I think just the whole spirit of it is, is that you figure protesting is the First Amendment, right? Number one. So even if you don't get to the part with the guns, you had to at least read the First Amendment. And you are allowed to peacefully protest. There is no law in this country that says that you have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. None. They tried. The last time they tried, I think, was in 42 or 43. And it in the Supreme, right in the middle of World War II. And they struck that down. So, yeah, so you figure when you have people like Jerry Jones saying you have to stand, when you have the NBA making it one of their rules, you have to stand. Uh, that's not right <laughs> because you're going against the First Amendment. And I know it's a little different because, yes, private organization, yes, it's going to cut into their bottom line. You know, but uh, I, I think it would be an uphill battle. But if it were, if somebody was doing it, like starting their own league, I'd support it for for what it's worth. You know. But uh, moving on. I let me ask you guys a question. I know you guys are kind of you're more on Instagram than I am. You ever hear of a guy named Dan Blazarian? Mm-mm, no. That's fine because I'm Jack. I follow Instagram um, to follow like celebrities and mainly black celebrities, but also like um, like all the blogs and stuff. So right. no, I don't know that name. If he's not in that space, I definitely don't know him. Then you probably don't know him. He's a he is a 
Instagram sensation. He's basically this big hulking, you know, with his giant biceps. He's trust fund kid with a silver spoon shoved up his ass. And his whole thing is guns. That's his thing. Just guns, guns, guns. And he is a Instagram hero. I think he has like five or six million followers or something like that. And then a huge Twitter presence as well. So he's always, you know, has pictures of him with scantily clad women shooting guns. He claims he's trained with Navy SEALs, even though he's not in the military. And, you know, he's supposed to be like this American badass. He was actually at the shooting in Las Vegas. And he Instagrammed a video of himself running from danger. Right? Because according to what he said on Instagram, a woman who was standing next to him got her head blown off by the shooter. And he's running because woman got her head blown off. Man, it's crazy out here. And he's running away. Now, here's my thing, right? I am not faulting him for running away because everybody was running away. No one knew where those shots were coming from, right? And it was insane. Now, would I have Instagrammed it? No. <laughs> I'd be too busy running for my life because there's a shooter and no one knows where it is and people are getting clipped, right? So I, I don't think I would have taken the time to Instagram it. But what that video showed was that for all his bravado and all of his, oh, I got guns, I'm this, I'm that. He's just an ordinary human being who did what any other ordinary human being would do in that same situation. Now, the part of it that was sad was that if you look at his feed on Twitter afterwards, there were people who were just like making up shit about him. And the reason why I say I'm making up uh, what they were making up shit about because there was no evidence of him doing this stuff whatsoever except from what the people on Twitter said. So they were like, yeah, he went home and got his guns and came back and was helping people. That he went to a casino and was, you know, uh, and I, I didn't hear about anybody shooting at the casino. It was at the festival, but he, he like he went to a casino, was helping people, he was driving people to the hospital, and then they, and they were literally like, he's a legend, he's a hero, you know, he's badass. And I was like, and somebody on the thread was like, yeah, if he went home and got his gun, talk about his AR-15, and came back to an active crime scene where. When 70 people got shot with an AR-15 AR shot to his back, the cops would have probably shot him. Like, what kind of stupid shit is that? Right? But mm -hmm. you figure this guy is their hero. They look up to him. Right? He's a guy who didn't work for anything in his life. But, you know, he posed himself as this badass hero with his biceps and all this other horse shit, his guns. And when it all went down... He uh, he basically was just an ordinary person who reacted like any other person would have, and it's like his people couldn't accept it, so they just make up shit about him to make him still feel, you know, to make him still be fantastic, even though he Instagrammed himself running away. The proof is right there on his fucking Instagram page, and people just couldn't accept it. Alternative facts. Yeah. Alternative facts, my Cognitive dissonance of the highest order. If you look at Make America Great Again page on Twitter. I, I always say this, it's the saddest short stories you'll ever hear. It's basically people taking lies. And you ever go on that, uh, you ever go to State Fair and they have that ride like the, the Graviton or whatever it is where it just spins around and you know, and you puke up all that food you just ate. That's basically Make America Great Again page. The saddest short stories you'll ever hear. It's basically an echo chamber of just vomit. Just spinning around that you paid to be on. <laughs> well, you don't pay to get on Twitter, but you know what I mean. Now, I, I pulled a couple of, of tweets because I just want to show you how deep the cognitive dissonance goes when it comes to these Trump fans and the lies that they tell that they say are truth. So there's one guy, his name, I'm not making this up, it's Peter White Boy One. That's his Twitter handle. It's just Peter, but it's at Peter White Boy One. And he says, if you can't tell by now, Trump is fucking Hollywood and making them pay. Keep thinking this man is an idiot. He's far from it. Hashtag MAGA, make America great again. Let me explain. I, I, I love how these people think that Trump is some sort of idiot savant, that he's playing three-dimensional chess and everyone else is playing right, checkers. Right. 
Right, right. And especially when it comes to Hollywood. Nobody wants to be more Hollywood than Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know who does not have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Brad Pitt does not have a star. Angelina Jolie does not have a star. Leonardo DiCaprio does not have a star. Robert fucking De Niro does not have a star. And these are not people who turned it down. These are people who were never nominated. Yeah, but they were never nominated. So you had people like Bruce Springsteen who didn't really want the star. He didn't want to pay 40 grand for the star. And then go to a stupid ceremony. He's Bruce Springsteen. He's in New Jersey. I don't give a shit about that. So there are other people who were nominated and just didn't care. But they were never nominated. Robert De Niro, young Vito Corleone, the Raging Bull, the taxi driver from Heat. And he doesn't have a star. Trump has a star. Trump has his thing. If you use his properties in the movie, he insists on being in the movie. That's why he was in Home Alone 2, in that little cameo, because they used Trump Tower in the, uh, in the movie. Nobody wants to be more Hollywood than Donald Trump. Nobody. So this guy saying, yeah, he's fucking Hollywood. Yeah, because he's just because he wants to be like them, and he can't because he fucking sucks. So... This guy is just delusional. Like he, how could he not pay attention to that if he knows anything about Donald Trump? Right. Now, there's another guy named Charlie Kirk, and Charlie Kirk has a blue check next to his name, which means that he paid a lot of money for it. And um, he says Trump has Trump has had enough of this do nothing Congress. He's taking a sledgehammer after Obamacare. I absolutely love it. Hashtag make America great again. Here's the thing about that, right? The thing about Obamacare is uh, it's providing health care to millions of people who would never normally be able to afford it. So obviously, if this Charlie Kirk guy can afford a blue check next to his name for Twitter, he can afford his own health care. There are a lot of people in West Virginia who can't afford their own health care. There's a lot of people in Kentucky who can't afford their own health care. There's a lot of people in Tennessee who can't afford their own health care. Uh, there are over a million people in Tennessee who are on food stamps. And Trump's looking to slash that too. So this guy is just all about cruelty, right? Because this is not something that affects him because, and I don't even know who this guy is. All I know is that he's a blue check mark next to his name. That's all I know about him. But obviously, no one hates themselves that much that they could just wish for Obamacare to go away if it's going to affect them. You know, it's the, the basic tenet of the Trump supporter, not people that voted for Trump. The Trump supporter, people who just push Trump and just excuse all of his... I don't even want to say flaws because put it like this. If you have a lot of pimples, that's a flaw. And that could be corrected with the right medication, okay? What Trump has is just a scarred soul or no soul at all. And these people love him for that because it does not affect them. So when he's on, he's on there and he had 199 responses. I didn't even bother reading them because I'm just like, it's probably a lot of people cursing them out for being a total jackass. Then there's this woman named Sandra. Her hashtag is Sandra Texas, and she spells it without the T. And she says, Iran deal, great for terrorists and globalists who love the chaos caused by terror. And then she has another one that says, 170 billion in cash Obama gave Iran. And of course, hashtag make America great again. Here's my thing about that, right? What's more scarier than terrorists? What's more scary than a terrorist? Yeah. By Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, that that's a given. A terrorist with a nuclear weapon. Right? Sure. So, so you figure the Iran deal is not just between us and Iran. It's between us, Iran, and like five other countries who are looking, you know, who are caretaking this deal. Iran has complied with everything. Right, totally complied. They're letting the inspectors come in. Their uh, uh, their initial uranium is only used is not weapons grade; it's just used for their nuclear power plants. Right, 
they're they're complying with the deal. And even all of our intelligence agencies say, yes, Iran is in, complying with, in compliance with the deal. Rex Tillerson says mm-hmm. they're in compliance with the deal. Right? But Trump mm-hmm. just doesn't want to do it because it has Obama's name on it, because Obama did it. So now he wants to go against the deal. Right? What if... Now all of a sudden they kick out all the inspectors because don't, they don't do the deal, and some of that uranium goes missing gets enriched the right way to make a weapon and then all of a sudden six months later a dirty bomb is set off in New York so imagine the Bronx being uninhabitable because a dirty bomb is set off on on the six train Trump doesn't think that far because he doesn't really think at all right now the 170 billion dollars in cash that Obama gave Iran Nobody fucking reads, man. It, 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 it sickens me to my soul. That $170 billion is their money. It's Iran's money. It's Iran's money that we took from them in sanctions decades ago. So part of the deal was they were going to get that money back. We're not, we weren't paying them to comply for the deal. That was their money that we took from them in sanctions decades ago. And that was money that, because we had it for so long, we would have had to pay interest on it. Billions of dollars in interest on that money. So it was a win-win. They get their money back, we don't have to pay interest on it, and it helps sweeten the deal to get them on the table so that we could uh, make sure that they don't get a nuclear weapon. These people don't read. Or they read and they don't care. It's one. It may. It may even be both. They read and they don't care. I mean, when your leader tells you that, when your leader tells you that everybody, if it didn't come from me, it's fake news. What do you? I mean, what else do you say to that? It's basically what Hitler did. You know. Exactly. It's the it's the it's the Adolf Hitler playbook, run perfectly. And these, and these people are falling for it. And I have one last one. A guy, uh, he wrote, he says, Obama, 1.5% GDP versus Trump, 3.2% GDP. And he says, amateur hour is over. We're being run by a POTUS that loves America. He will make America great again. Thank God for DJT. There's a guy who calls himself C3, and his tag is uh, C underscore 3 MAGA. Yeah, because now all these jackasses either have American flag avatars or MAGA in their, their in their names now. <sighs> Once again, it took me, I timed it, y'all. I timed this. It took me 52 seconds to find the answer to that. 52 seconds hmm. to find the answer to this. So when he says Obama's 1.5 GDP versus Trump's 3.2 GDP, right? And Trump came out of his face and said that Obama has never had a gross domestic product of 3.2 in a year. That is true, right? But the problem is this, that 3.2 GDP that Donald Trump is claiming was for one quarter. Not for a whole year. So you're looking at a year's worth of GDP versus one quarter. Right? Anything can happen in that time. Now, here's the thing. Has Obama ever had a year in his eight years as president where he had uh, 3% GDP? No, that has not happened. But has he had quarters where he's had over 3% GDP? Yes, that's happened eight times. So Obama's had eight quarters at 3% GDP or higher. And yet doesn't finish a year with 3% GDP because that's not that easy. Because anything can happen. The jobs numbers going down for Trump in September, uh, first of all, we're still in Obama's fiscal year. Second of all, we had 76 hurricanes. So yeah, a lot of people are out of work. So you can't even, and no matter how you slice it, you can't blame it on Trump because that's still Obama's numbers. So now we're in a new, we should be in a new fiscal year. If we're not in one now, it may be in a week or so. We'll be in a new fiscal year. So now this is the part where Trump's 
programs are going to start affecting the economy. And one program that he started that's not helping the economy is going back to health care. Let me ask you a question, Odie. And I joked about this on Facebook. If you caught somebody, and I'm not going to use family members because it's not going to wood. If you were a nurse in a hospital and you walked into a room and you saw a man smothering a patient with a pillow until he was dead, and he looked at you and said, oh, he, he has sleep apnea. That's how he died. Right. You would just be like, I just saw you murder that man. Right. Why are you blaming it on his own health problems when you just murdered him? That's Trump and Obamacare. <sighs> Let me give you a little rehash as fast as I can, right? Well, and yeah, I, I, basically, I basically feel like they keep saying, well, we're all going to die, but like, you don't have to do it to speed it up. Yeah. Put it like that. That's like, bro. You, you, bro. you remember. Uh huh. <laughs> I was oh, I, I, I'm sorry if I had that board I'd be having so much fun with it but um, <laughs> 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 no one would get a word in I'll just be hitting sound effects all day um, you remember I, I re-watched it this morning before I started work today the White House Correspondents Dinner from 2011 where Seth Meyers and Obama were ragging on Trump and Obama is such a good sport. Like Seth Meyers was talking because, you know, he's been president for almost four years at that point and he was, his hair was starting to get gray. And he was ragged on Obama and he said, you know, when he first started as president, you look like the guy from the Old Spice commercials and now you look like Lou Gossett Sr. <laughs> and Obama just laughed so hard at that because I'm sorry, that's funny. You know, when they were ragging on Donald Trump, he didn't even crack a smile. He looked like a buzzard sitting there. You know, mm-hmm. just with that with that scowl on his face the entire time. Right. You spend all this time spreading birther controversies, right? They invite you to the White House for the White House Correspondents' Dinner, right? For some reason, Trump thought, "Oh, I spread all these birther lies about Obama, but he's inviting me to his White House Correspondents' Dinner." You know why? Because I'm the man. <laughs> no, they couldn't possibly be bringing me there to roast me. Like, like the turkey he is. And they said that uh, when, the, when the dinner was over, Trump and Melania went straight for the door because Trump was so humiliated, right? And he was sitting in the middle, just surrounded by people and they were just all laughing at him, you know? And um, that's part of, Trump's whole thing is about revenge. If you screw Trump over or, or if, he ha- if he has that perceived slight in his head, he will try to get you back. Look at the NFL. All the trouble he's causing mm-hmm. for the NFL. He wanted to he wanted to own an NFL team and the rest of the NFL team owners were like, no, because you're a buffoon. We don't want you anywhere near us. So that's when he got involved with the USFL, which failed. That was the closest he would ever come to owning an NFL team was the New Jersey Generals or whatever they were called. You know, his failed uh, football league. Right. Look at, uh, you know, the whole thing with Hollywood, you know, look at and especially with this whole thing with Obama. He thinks and it's not just the revenge angle. He's jealous of Obama. You know, yeah, Obama is just a, he is a better father than Trump. He is a better husband than Trump. He is a better president than Trump. He is a better human being on every level than Trump. And everywhere he goes, that shadow is just over him, like the shadow of the Reaper. Just Obama's, Get off of Obama's dick, motherfucker. <laughs> Basically, because anything with the, put it like this: the failed raid in Yemen at the beginning of his presidency, right? Obama would not sign off on that because they presented that raid to Obama, and Obama was like, "No, no, 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 no. We don't. You know, it's because they were trying to raid this compound, right? And Obama was like, "We don't have." enough intelligence to go in there and go after that raid. We don't even know if the information that they have is worth it. So, oh no, I'm not signing off on that. When they presented to Trump, you know how they got Trump to sign off on it? Because they told him that Obama wouldn't do it. 
Right. So he figured he would just get the one up on Obama. And what happened? Uh, soldiers were killed. Civilians were killed, including an American child. And the stuff that they got from the raid, worthless. No intelligence to be had. You know, you figure he ramped up the drone program. Only, that's the only thing he's done better than Obama is kill civilians. Because as many civilians that died under Obama under that drone program, uh, Trump has already doubled that in. Actually, Sorry, I, I, that's I, incorrect. Oh, uh, please explain. Uh, I think you just hit the button. <laughs> He was hitting the buttons. But Obamacare, you know, that's Obama's signature program. So he's overtly killing Obamacare, and then he just thinks that the Democrats are going to take the blame for it. But we just saw you smother it with a pillow. He wrote two executive orders. Well, I know one for sure. One is he's stopping the payments, right? The subsidy payments, $7 billion in subsidy payments. He's stopping it, and there's already a lawsuit going on. 18 states are suing him for those payments, because without those payments, premiums are going to go up between 20, I think they said 20 and 25%. So if you're paying 250 a month for your insurance, then you're going to pay an extra 50 bucks a month for your premiums, which is an extra 600 bucks a year. People ain't got that type of money. You know, um, well, I know Trump does technically because he won't show us his tax returns, but he basically, because they couldn't repeal it in the Senate, he figures he'll just take a hammer to it. You know, he'll just smash it up and then just say, well, it was never going to work. Yeah, it already was working because millions of people had now was Obamacare perfect no but the whole point of it was when you have a program that big you gotta you know let it run for a bit and then tweak it and make it better so that it helps everybody because you know what's going to happen if they destroy Obamacare they're just going to go to single payer because all these people are finally going to wake up and just say hey you know sure I, I hate the, the Jews and the Muslims and the, and the blacks but I love my health care <laughs> so I need to vote for somebody who's going to get me some goddamn health care I know that's horrible and mean and you know horrible and mean there's not much more I can say about that but the way some people act especially on the on the interwebs <laughs> it's you know it's not that far off because people vote their ideology and not for their own self-preservation or their own self-interest, you know. Absolutely. Now, Odie, Blue, do you guys get your insurance from your jobs or do you guys uh, buy insurance? Just out of curiosity. I get it from my job. I, I can't afford it on my own. I, I, can't, I can't do it either. But you know what? I, I'm in that weird spot where... I can't afford my own insurance, so I get mine through my job. But I make, I quote unquote, make too much money for Obamacare subsidies because I tried and I wanted to see if I got a better deal. I would just drop it from my job and just go with Obamacare. And they said, no, you make too much money to get Obamacare. But I can't, but I could not afford my own uh, insurance because I'd be paying double what I pay now through my job. So it's uh, it's crazy, you know, and there was two orders, right? One, you know, was him cutting off the payments. The other one was allowing people to buy insurance uh, in other states. So across state lines was something that, that Rand Paul was really happy about. You know, Rand Paul is a type of guy where one day like on he's I don't know if he's. Yeah, he's very hit or miss. I don't know if he's listed as a libertarian, but libertarians are the type of people, I say this all the time, where it's like in social issues, we're like in line, and then he starts saying stupid shit like, hey, you know, why do we need to pay for roads? And I'm just like, yeah, okay. No, I've found the opposite with libertarians. I see them as social issues, all like... <laughs> I, I feel like they're Republicans, like super Republicans, especially on social issues. That's what I found. 
You know what somebody called them? They called them failed Republicans. And I was like, yeah, that kind of yeah. works. <laughs> yeah, that works. I could do that. Yeah. I, I they, their job is to recruit. And it's like they try to say, oh, I'm not a Republican. <laughs> I'm not black. I'm OJ. I'm not a Republican. I'm a libertarian. My G. They're literally the same thing. Like, well, it's not the point of here. I'm not a murderer. Yeah. I'm just a I'm just a killer. <laughs> Murder? That's so lowbrow. <laughs> it's like I don't rape women. I just chloroform them and just attack them in their sleep. It's elegant. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But, um, They're all the same thing. Yeah, it, it's basically. But Rand Paul seemed very happy about that because the only reason why Rand Paul didn't sign on in the Senate is because what they were doing to Obamacare didn't go far enough. It wasn't evil enough for him, you know. And that's the only thing where, as far as like the social issues go, where someone like Rand Paul is like he just hates healthcare for some reason, even though he has government healthcare. Keep that in mind. All these congressmen have government healthcare, so. It's okay for them, just not okay for us. And the whole thing about them buying, you know, over state lines is the main thing is that those plans that they are going to get now are not subject to Obamacare protections. So they could uh, raise your premiums if you're sick or even kick you off for pre-existing conditions. It would just go back to the way things were. There was no re- there was no replace in repeal and replace. It was just repeal. Right. Go back to right. the way things were. Go back to, to the way things were when you had a product that people need to live that they can't afford. You know? And, you know, you have jackasses on Twitter you know, like like Charlie Kirk and his blue check mark that he paid a lot of money for, uh, who just love it because he's gonna be okay. We're not gonna be okay. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I would think that if people didn't have high speed internet and and cell phones and fidget spinners, that they'd be dragging these assholes out into the street and killing them like the, like the French Revolution. And I'm not condoning that. All only thing I'll promise is this. I don't condone dragging rich people out into the street and killing them. But if it were to happen, I promise I will not get involved. I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening. Because if you take away people's options, uh, all they're going to have left are the violent options. Alabama had this thing now. It's basically a poll tax. You remember what a poll tax was? Mm-mm, it was basically uh, a tax that you would pay to vote. So if you're poor, you can't afford that tax. And back then, who were who were really mm-hmm. African Americans? So if you couldn't pay that tax, exactly. you weren't allowed to vote because they couldn't just tell you you can't vote because after 1850, right. uh, blacks were allowed to vote. Yeah, and like dumb shit, like uh, clauses where your grandpa had to have owned property or voted in order for you to be able to own property and vote. Yeah, dumb shit like that. Yeah. So, and when they gutted the Voting Rights Act, now they're allowed to do these things. Alabama's version of the poll tax is basically if you owe money in court fees. Right, or you owe money to the government for uh, municipal stuff like traffic tickets and stuff like that, you can't vote. And Alabama is just the biggest state to do it, but there are other states who are doing it. Once they go to the the Voting Rights Act, uh, all the stuff started popping up ID laws and everything, you know, because they don't want people to vote who are going to vote against them. African Americans overwhelmingly vote Democrat. In both elections, Obama got well over 90% of the vote. I think in this last election, don't quote me, uh, Hillary got what, like uh, 80-something percent of the black vote? I don't know how many voted for Joe Stein and for Gary Johnson, but Hillary got like 80-something percent of the black vote. Trump got less than 10%. Mm. So it's... uh, they don't want black folks to vote because they don't vote uh they don't vote republican 
so they'll do what they can to stop people from voting. But then, but then again, why would black people vote for Republican when they're openly trying to kill them? So let me get this straight. You're going to gut Affordable Care Act, right? And then you're going to gut Medicaid and Medicare. Do you know how many people, how many elderly folks were raised out of poverty because of Medicare? Right. And that was the difference. Their health care was keeping these people were keeping these old folks in poverty. And Medicare lifted people out of poverty. Now they want to gut that and Medicaid. Right? And care for children. So they love fetuses but they hate children. <laughs> right. That's like saying I love puppies but I hate dogs. Hate them. I do. I love kittens, though, but I don't like cats. I do. I want little people. Yeah, but, but, it, it, but at least you yeah, but I want to kill them. Down. I'm not gonna <laughs> drown it in the bathtub. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, no, I definitely understand what you what you're saying there. It's just yeah, they don't want you. <laughs> they, oh, they force you to have a kid by taking away your reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, once you have the kid, it's like, oh, you shouldn't have sex. Bitch! (laughs) (laughs) That's not how this works at all. I, I had a discussion. I don't know why I get in these discussions with people, but when I was going to back and forth to Durham for the uh, for my training, for my job, all right, I was in the Uber cab every day. And it was during the election, so there were a lot of political talk in the cabs. And Ooh, you're Naturally, that always makes me uncomfortable by my Uber driver. Yeah, it's well, I got, in, I, I got into an I got into an uncomfortable conversation because I made the mistake, and he was one of these uh, these Jesus freaks, right? You know, most of my friends are religious, but they're not Jesus freaks. And even one of my friends who described himself as a Jesus freak, I'm like, no, you're not a Jesus freak. You know, the Jesus freaks are the people who just think that Jesus will just solve everything, and you don't have to do shit. All you gotta do is just stand there with your, with your palms open, and Jesus will handle it. Got a flat tire? Jesus will take care of it got cancer Jesus got you man don't worry about a thing he's got this for you he died for you so he can cure your cancer by doing absolutely nothing and but and and I get in this conversation with this guy and we were talking about uh, you know reproductive rights and I made the mistake of mentioning that two of my sisters uh, one of my my older sisters and one of my younger sisters they were both uh, teenage moms so he made a, a crack about, well, they should have thought about that before they opened their legs. And then he had this smug look, like told him, you know. And I said, let me let me, let me put it to you like this, sir. You know, because I, I had to get to work, so I couldn't just curse him out. We were in the middle of the highway. But I said, let me, let me put it to you like this, okay? Let's put some logic into this, into your horse shit. I didn't say that to him, but... Texas is number one in teenage pregnancies. Texas, the Bible-thumping, you know, Jesus state, is number one in teenage pregnancies. You know why? Because Texas teaches abstinence. Absence does not work because you cannot fight nature. You can't tell people don't have sex. That's fucking stupid because that's nature. What you need to do is educate. So all the states that educate and tell people to be safe and how to protect themselves have the lowest pregnancy rates. Well, teenage pregnancy rates, I should say. And when they're being safe, right and protecting themselves that means that there are that there are far fewer unwanted pregnancies which means there are far fewer abortions so your abstinence horseshit is just getting all these teens pregnant and then you're cutting off their clinics which means they have kids that they don't want which means if they can't afford them then they have to get on welfare and I and I know you guys hate welfare. <laughs> so, and that's another program. I mean, that, like, go ahead. I was just going to say too. It's just like, but aside from all of that, how is it any of your business 
what that woman does with her body. And, and give me that argument without religious authority. It's because my religion is not always someone else's and I understand that like despite me like yes I believe in God but do I believe that someone has a right to be Muslim and believe in Allah or not believe in anything at all like that that is your that is your right who you worship is not my problem all the judging is to be left to God that's my God right. what God are you talking to because my God says that ain't none of my business so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put it like this. One of my friends the other day came out as a transgender, right? And when they came out as transgender, it was like, hey, you know what? My bones didn't collapse. My skull didn't cave in. My central nervous system didn't shut down. My heart didn't explode. Everything is exactly the same. Nothing changes. So all the people across the country who come out as transgender does not affect me. So even when someone I know came out as transgender, it's the same. Except that that person now is a little bit happier because they're not living, you know, living a lie. Yeah, and, and they, it's like, I don't know what it's like to have that kind of secret, but I would imagine it would be terrifying. I would be in fear every day mm-hmm. of damn am I gonna is today the day I'm gonna get found out when you own your own truth people can't you know hold anything over you they can't lord anything over your head and say I know this about you and if you don't do like they can't blackmail you like that's that would be my biggest fear is that somebody would hold that shit over me and then want to blackmail me into doing something they wanted me to do yeah I'll tell you a funny story really quick about, and I almost said Liberace. It's not Liberace. I don't know why that popped in my head. About Rock Hudson. You know, Rock Hudson was a big movie star mm-hmm. in his day. Yeah. And Rock Hudson was gay. And yeah. uh, somebody had pictures of Rock Hudson in a compromising position, and they were blackmailing Rock Hudson. So Rock Hudson knew these two cops who do a bit of moonlighting. He paid the cops to recover the pictures. So of course the cops, you know, bust in and they were in their playing clothes, but they bust in and they rough the guy up and they take the pictures and the guy was like, well, yeah, like I'm going to call the cops. And they were like, yeah, we are the cops. And that's how that ended. <laughs> but right. you figure, you know, back in the, the 50s and 60s, being gay was a death sentence, not just for your career, but for your life. You know, it, you, if you think people are intolerant now, <laughs> think about back in the fifties and sixties. You know, now it's not that. I mean, some. I mean, you know, now is we're at the at the point where it's like, oh, Anderson Cooper's gay. <laughs> I did not know that. And then you just go on. Like, these things don't matter anymore. If Eminem came out as gay, I know he joked about it in, uh, what was it, the, uh, that movie with Seth Rogen and What's-His-Face, the other guy, I call him. But James Franklin, the one that's always yeah. with him? Yes, the interview, yeah. So in that movie, Eminem jokingly came out as gay. I'm pretty sure Eminem's gay. And you know what? It doesn't matter. So if he officially came out as gay, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, Marshall. Check it out. When's the new album coming out, man? Because you're awesome. No one gives a shit about that stuff anymore. When you have uh, Mike Pence, you know, I, I know we're going off on tangents here, but, you know, people were talking about Mike Pence and his whole gay conversion therapy thing. You know what gay conversion therapy is? It's basically exactly like what does it entail or what it is. I know what it is. I don't know exactly what it entails, like what they what they do to allegedly convert people. It all depends on the center, but some of it actually involves torture, like actual torture, not waterboarding torture. But things that can be considered as tortured. And some of these centers have been shut down. Nothing that Mike Pence has been involved in, but it's something that he supports. Now, of course, he had to backpedal on all that stuff when he was running for president. So we couldn't just admit, yeah, I'm for gay conversion therapy. And I didn't get a chance to look into this story because it popped up on my feed too late. But supposedly, uh, Trump made a comment when they asked him about something about gay issues and Trump was like, oh, don't bring him to Mike Pence. He wants to see him all hang. Talking about uh, homosexuals. And I was just like... Well, he, he decided to speak at a um, recently um, at an anti-gay coalition. Like... Yeah. 
why. And, and I didn't get so, a chance to research that fully, but... Uh, you already know. When all my gay friends were posting about that, and of course, outraged. And honestly, this is what's been kind of pissing me off. And this is like getting away from 45 for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm equally pissed off with all the people that are equally outraged by by his shit. It's like, where was your outrage when he was talking about the black, like Puerto Rican people, for example? Everybody was outraged when he was not lending support to Puerto Rico. But this nigga been trash. Where was your outrage when he was trash to everybody else? Now it affects you and your people, and you want to be outraged and cuss this motherfucker out. No, you should have been cussing him out. And then I would take you a little more seriously when it comes to your issues and actually being concerned for you. So, and this includes my gay friends as well. Like, like y'all didn't say shit when this motherfucker was talking mad shit. Like, against everybody and dog whistling these KKK Klansmen and all this other dumb shit and now you want to be outraged like that that is why I'm I'm just like and then the other part of me is like well don't be so angry because that's kind of like human nature people only want to give a fuck when it comes to their own shit in their own backyard and and it's also giving a little more power to 45 because it further divides people. And I don't want to give him that much power, but she's like, people just think, just think before you post it. I need to see y'all asses at all the rallies, not just the ones for you. I need you to see, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel. And, and kind of rehashing my old point from last week or the week before, like, gay rights to me, me personally, mean nothing because I'm not gay. Right? But from a humanist standpoint, even if I didn't have gay friends, right? From a humanist standpoint, it matters to other people. So, yeah, when you make a law. Sorry, that's incorrect. When you make a law <laughs> that. Uh, prohibits gay people from getting married yeah I'm going to get out of bed early and I'm going to go vote against that law because that's ridiculous because from a humanist standpoint that's you can't just infringe on other people's happiness because your bible says so or because you just it's just not your thing you know it's just ridiculous but going back to your point a lot of people on the left and the right can kind of get that way like they don't now for the right it's just part of the ideology of just not of just not giving a shit about anyone else but themselves but even people on the left can get that way too you know Mm -hmm. maybe because we're just thinking about so much stuff but when we hit that hot button topic you know we're out there and not realizing like yeah uh you know when he was calling Rosie O'Donnell a pig and when he was insulting Miss America and when he was insulting uh, Gold Star family. Yeah. When he was doing all that, when he was mocking a disabled reporter, you know, where was that outrage then? And then now, you know, that he's letting California burn. I don't think he's even mentioned California not once. No. Because, you know... I guess uh, I talked about it before. I guess he figures California burns, he can win the popular vote. (laughs) I know that's horrible because people are dying and losing everything they own. But uh, from Trump's standpoint, that's true. That's how he's going to win the next election. He figures California burns up. That's what, 50 some odd electoral college points? So. But. You know, I, I hate to talk about Trump every week. I really do. Initiating shutdown sequence. Uh oh. I think we've talked too long, Odie. So, um, go ahead and give give me your closing statements. Um, I say, regardless of how difficult it will be, um. I really think we should start our own NFL team. Beyonce, if you're listening, please talk to Jay. Have a little pillow talk with him tonight and get with me tomorrow. Um, feel free to recruit to lunch. You know, Diddy. 
Just start with Oprah. Can start. Oprah can afford to start Hello, a team. Girl, it's me. Money. It's Beyonce. Girl, we ain't got no time for no NFL, girl. I'm trying to get this title off the ground. We in debt. You probably didn't. Paul, Oprah. What did you say to them, girl? You know what I'm saying? I need to get my GED. You know I dropped off, dropped out of school in the ninth grade. What the fuck do I know about anything? But I'm, a, I'm worth a half a billion on the elevator. We be half. Oh, you talking about Beyonce? You know what's better than one billion? One billionaire, two, especially when they the same hue as you. Thank you very much. The wise <laughs> word in the daily. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, Oprah, get Oprah on the jet. Mrs. Obama, Mrs. Obama can write a book or two. Honestly, this is Oprah. Honestly, my money isn't as long as it used to be. I thought the old network would really take off, but it hasn't. And honestly, who wants to watch a bunch of black, sweaty men running around, touching on each other's booty? <laughs> and you put that shit on own network. Oh, you just answered my question. Thank you. That, those <laughs> we'll get the movie started. Maybe like five teams to start. That could work. Five teams to start. Get the talent. Broadcast that shit on own, and and then give it at like a discount if you if you show that you canceled the NFL package, you get a discount. Man, listen. Win, 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 win. Everybody gets to see football. That's what I say, dude. But go ahead, Merce. Yeah. The floor is yours. All right. Uh, all I'm going to say is this, is that, you know, people uh, just need to see the world. As a, as a song goes, people just need to see the world beyond their front door. You know, get out more, travel a little bit more, you know, talk to people and just find out stuff. You know, I, I think that on the left and on the right, our most extreme people are the ones who are being showcased. And you'll find that people aren't really that bad if you just go out and get to know them. You know, I, I have that advantage of being able to talk to people, you know, my coworkers, my friends, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, get out a little bit more and just don't get pigeonholed in this whole left versus right. I mean, even though I talk about it all the time, you know, because I'm just frustrated with it. And maybe and I should take my own advice and get off of Twitter and Facebook and just, you know, go out more, you know. Get back, get get back connected with the people, and just have a decent conversation instead of just yelling at jackasses on Twitter all day. <laughs> Blue, what about you, sir? I say that um, the NFL thing. I just don't know if that would work. To be honest with you, <clears throat> the politics thing. Yeah, you could probably have a whole show, a nightly show, about 120 minutes, just talking about the intricacies of that single day about Trumpism, or what we over here like to call Trumpageddon. Um, and I really, I'm really hoping, but I really don't see a lot of light coming out at the end of the tunnel for 2018. I think we gotta, we're gonna have to really, really start getting out in the streets and making connections really start marketing ourselves so people can get to know the information they need to know to make better choices for themselves regarding politics. A lot of people, I remember back in, um, I think it was 2000, when um, George Bush, was it Bush? Somebody yeah. stole somebody stole the White House from somebody else who shouldn't have got it or something. And yeah, basically Bush, Bush just because they, they, they threw out a bunch of um, Florida County um, votes or didn't take them or something like that. Because I think Florida was the last standing ground, if I'm not mistaken. I was um, stationed there at the time. But anyways, um, people got disillusioned. I noticed that from that point, I mean, we, we weren't the most voting motherfuckers in the world anyway, but I've seen a, a, I seen a sharp drop off in people who voted. People that I knew voted, my grandma, my aunts and all them, who voted their whole lives at that time, around 2000, stopped voting. That Florida thing really hurt them. And it's really, we really need to get back on the bandwagon. Yeah, it may not have the impact for the presidential elections that we would like it to because of the um, electoral college, 
but it really does have an impact everywhere else. Representatives, senators, governors, mayors, sheriffs, and that's where it's at. You want to talk about black power movements and Black Lives Matter? Well, that starts with the judges, and that starts with the sheriffs. When we change those people in those places, that's when we start having justice for our people. And those are things you vote for. You vote for the sheriff. You vote for the judges. Yep. And those are direct votes. They don't have an electoral overseer or anything like that. That's where we make change. Change starts small and goes big. If you're saying that you're about Black Lives Matter, you make sure you vote and you make the impact where it counts. Local level is where is the battleground. That's where you have the most impact. That's where you can make things happen. Yeah, Motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> and that concludes another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Today that'd be Odie and F. Christopher. Da da da. Next week we have a featured guest, and it'd be a surprise guest. <laughs> Just in time. Make sure that you, if you have not as of yet, subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast, where you can get shows like this one, Politrix, and 360 Degrees, which is a variety that just talks about all types of things, giving multiple perspectives to the forefront. And a lot of times, Odie and myself do not agree. Anyways, (laughs) and that concludes another episode of Politrix. It's love